You're listening to Inside the Athletic Mind with your hosts, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for female athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. In this episode, I am joined by PhD candidate at Paderborn University in Germany, Jessica Conan. And today's topic is one of great importance in general, but especially in high impact sports like hockey. So today we're going to be talking all about concussions in sport, and with checking being introduced into the women's hockey game, concussion awareness will only become more pertinent as time goes on. Today, Jessica shares her journey into her studies of concussions in sport, the importance of baseline testing, gender differences, and the expression of head injuries, and why coaches should care about their athletes' mental health. Before we get into the episode, I want to take a moment to thank our newest partner, Ola Peanuts. As an athlete, peanut butter is one of my favorite things to add to my protein shakes, but as a Canadian living in Germany, I've had a very difficult time finding peanut butter that I love. Ola Peanuts changed that for me. They have a variety of flavors, including natural, white chocolate, cinnamon, and more. Try Ola Peanuts today and get a 15% discount when you use the code ATHLETE15. It is important to note, however, that this product only ships within Germany. So for all of our German listeners, go ahead and try out Ola Peanuts today. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Inside the Athletic Mind. I am running solo once again. Lauren is super busy with transitioning into her new role as assistant coach for Stonehill College NCAA Division I program. And today I bring you guys another special guest. We have Jessica Conan, doctoral student in Sports Medicine Institute in Paderborn University, who is currently working on a project in the field of concussions in sport. Jessica, it's so great to finally get you on here. How are you? I am good. A little bit tired, to be honest, as the last few days I was at a sports science conference in Spain. Um, Definitely lovely. But I will admit, I'm a little bit tired today. (laughs) Well, we all know that conference really means a little bit of work and a lot of play. So we can understand why uh, you might be a little bit under the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just a full day of traveling yesterday. But yeah, Friday night definitely was a celebration of the conference closing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Of course, of course. Um, All right. So to get things started here, do you want to just give our audience a little bit of background on who you are, you know, where it is you came from, a little bit about your story and where you are now? Sure. So just like Taylor, I'm a Canadian, (laughs) which is pretty cool. Uh, But living in Germany, both of us living in Germany, actually. And a little bit about me. Well, I studied at Western University for my bachelor's. German Sports University for my master's and now I'm doing my doctorate at the Institute of Sports Medicine in Paderborn. At the same time as kind of a hobby, I am also the athletic coach for the Paderborn Baskets youth program and uh, that gets me out of my office desk chair, out of looking at numbers and research and really gets me moving, which I think is very important. Also as a researcher, I like to make that connection of what I do in the lab and how does that apply to everyday life in the field of sports science. I find sports science is a very applied field in general. And so that's why I really appreciate the opportunity to also 
coach on the on the side of this yeah, project that I'm working on in the field of sports related concussion. And just to summarize my project in a few sentences, I hope I can do that. We have yeah. time. You don't have to do it a few sentences. <laughs> um, I am interested in neurophysiological to sport and specifically how light aerobic exercise during the return to sport process, how different networks in the brain respond to the stimuli, which is the uh, light aerobic exercise, to hopefully understand a little bit more the mechanisms of why initiating sport sooner than later in the recovery process of an athlete what is actually going on in the brain and why does it seem that this works? So based on some other studies coming from the States, they show that it's no longer this cocooning after a concussion, no longer strict rest and putting someone in a room until their symptoms disappear. Instead, as soon as you give the athlete 24 to 72 hours, I would say of some rest for cognition and also physical activity, then light aerobic exercise can be prescribed. And this seems to help with recovery. Now I'm trying to figure out, okay, so in the brain, what is going on? But yeah. Interesting. That's super interesting. I actually, I didn't really know that that was like the, the new recommendation for uh, like concussion recovery, because I remember, you know, I mean, as a, as an athlete in a very high impact sport, whenever we've seen people with concussions, they end up laying in a bedroom for like two weeks, like no, no light, no nothing. Um, maybe two weeks is a little bit excessive depending on how severe, you know, the concussion is, I suppose, but, um, interesting, uh, interesting project to be working on. And how, how do you find all of that's starting to, to look in your opinion, because I know like in Germany, for those of you that don't know, uh, concussion awareness is not really like a thing. Uh, I think it's very North American. Um, also like really relevant to a lot of high impact sports as well, I think. Um, but it's not really talked about here in Germany so much. So I moved to Germany in 2016 and my original interest was how to use physical activity to help prevent the cognitive decline that would be occurring with age. And so studying at Western University, I had access to the Canadian Center for Activity and Aging, which was really cool. Thought about doing my master's in Canada. And through chains of events, <laughs> I ended up in Germany studying, but Originally, I was thinking of doing my master thesis project actually with the gerontology department in the German Sports University and looking at the uh, cognition and aging and developing an intervention program for seniors. Mm -hmm, okay. I had one lecture on concussions during the time of my master's where he ended up being my supervisor for my master thesis, Dr. Ingo Helmisch. Um, but he had told me that he is trying to get teams to participate in baseline testing. And after that lecture, I went up to him and I'm like, sorry, trying? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, based on my knowledge at Western University, all the athletes have to have baseline testing. And if there is a hit, 
they are taken off the pitch. So this trying to install something kind of was not sitting well with me. At the time, my brother was also playing American football at just the high school level, but he um, he was playing center. I mean, this is the position that gets rammed, but he started to have persisting headaches. And this also helped motivate me to really try to understand the health effects of dealing with a concussion properly versus not dealing with it. And also this like more constant impact. And um, I started asking more how, why questions in that direction. So I decided to say goodbye to the uh, project that I was working on in the gerontology department and asked, yeah, Dr. Ingo Helmish, if you would supervise my master's because I saw a need for this. And then I started contacting coaches in and around Cologne to ask them if they would be interested in coming to the lab to participate for baseline testing, send us their athletes. And I, I was blown away by some of the responses. For example, an American football coach of an under 13 year old team told me we don't need to worry about it because we don't hit so hard. But what I know about the brain is until you're in adolescence, your brain is constantly trying to build new connections and then you're trying to hit on top of that and the concussion causes disconnection in some of parts of the brain. So this logically made no sense to me having studied sports psychology and a little bit of neuroscience. And so I asked the coach, I was like, hey, I don't have enough time to talk to you and convince you today, but let's sit down again and please hear me out. Um, and maybe I can convince you. So we did, we, we met for a coffee and after I think 90 minutes, I convinced him. He let um, us come and talk to the parents of the team and the parents, it wasn't mandatory, but if they wanted to, they could bring their athletes to us and we would give them some feedback and give them some testing. And then in the case of a concussion, it would be nice because then we'd have the individual athletes baseline scores and not just like a general baseline score. Mm -hmm. So that's sometimes the problem with some of these concussion assessments is they don't have normative values that we can compare to. So, mm -hmm. so can you, can you just explain like why that's such a problem though? Like, I mean, versus a team where they do like the baseline testing. So if they, you know, if somebody does sustain a hit and they need to go and get checked out versus a team who doesn't do any sort of testing at all. And then somebody gets hit severely and has a lot of symptoms going on or, or something like that. Yeah. So for example, um, I would just pick one of the tests in a testing battery that's often used for concussion and it's balance error scoring. And for this one, the athlete will have to just stand on two feet on a stable surface, then stand on one foot and then tandem. So this is the heel to toe standing position. They'll have to do this on a stable surface, the ground, and then also on a foam balance pad. And athletes that have already had an ankle injury or a knee injury or hip or really anything to the joints, maybe are not balancing as good as someone that's never had something. 
So if I test an athlete after a hit that maybe is not identified as a concussion yet, and their balance is really far off, well, then I have to also ask, okay, have you had a recent injury? Because it maybe is not the concussion causing the balance deficits, but a previous injury. Mm. So um, this could be a reason why. Uh, also, I like baseline testing as an athletic coach because I can find deficits in the athletes, not only w- with previous concussions or previous injuries, but I like it just because it's a, it's a starting ground for me to develop an athletic training program for the athletes too such as focusing on balance if i see that they have something that is not working so well um mm-hmm. so for these stances they're trying to hold them for 20 seconds and uh, yeah some athletes really struggle with it and other ones not so much so this is why it's important to have the individuals baseline just makes it easier Mm, interpret a deficit after an impact yeah absolutely and especially if you are playing like those high impact sports I mean on this podcast we usually just talk about hockey specifically um but there is so many other high impact sports right and taking one bad hit can really cause a lot of damage to the brain especially if you don't start to take care of it so I guess my question here is like ever since you started on this journey of going into like studying concussions in sport with your master's and now your PhD and starting to gradually talk to more teams and get them in for baseline, have you seen there be like a little bit of a shift in terms of the German mentality towards the importance of doing these baseline testing and like the importance of talking about concussion awareness? Big question. (laughs) very deep question um i would like to say yes of course however having mostly yeah i would like to say yes but even with some teams that i have very good connections with and contact with i still do not see them at a level that I would say is the normal in Canada, mm-hmm. such as that they're sending all their athletes for baseline testing. So having even communicated with them for maybe four years and I'm still not even getting that done, um, it's a longer process than what it would be working in North America, especially with the athletes that are studying at the same time, well, then it's really evident that if there's a cognitive problem after concussion on how this doesn't only affect their athletic career, but anything that they're doing in the school too. So I think merging those two together, which Canada and US does quite frequently, um, maybe gives a little bit more of a reason to look at not only the performance deficits after concussion, but also the cognitive mental health and everything else. I will say that even in some of these teams that I've had the connection with, and I'm still trying to convince them of baseline testing and they still haven't made it through yet. Even just talking with the athletes, I've had athletes write me after a Sunday night game saying, hey, I blacked out during the game, thought I was going to contact you right afterwards, or 
because I was in contact with the physical therapist of the team, the physical therapist told them directly to contact me and then we'll see how to uh, move along with the individualized patient. So I do find through word of mouth, there are talking with the right people and they're a little bit more faster paced to install something that allows us to help the athletes as best we can. Um, but I am still also sometimes getting the cold shoulder as, yeah, I, I don't know the reason. Like for me, studying it, reading about it, talking with people about it, I know it's so important. But I can also understand maybe from a coaching perspective, it's not the most important thing for them. They need to win the championships. They need to win the game. So I just need to find my way talking with the right people. And for one of the teams, the physical therapist was my way in. Mm -hmm. um, I was also invited to a coaches convention in 2019 and 20. It was like right before Corona. Okay. Um, and it was American football coaches again. And I was going to talk for four hours about concussion. My first whole presentation was going to be about what is a concussion? What is some of the effects of a concussion? And then talk about, okay, so as a coach, because that's the one thing I like about myself as a researcher is I can talk as a researcher, but I also am in the field of athletic trainer so I can talk from the perspective of a coach too and the second half was why should we care and there was a coach that did not realize that I was the next speaker because I was talking with the committee and he came up to the committee and asked so why do we need to talk about this I've been coaching for four years and I've never seen a concussion American football yeah, cool. I highly doubt that you've never seen a concussion. You probably just don't know what it is. So I like slid through the community. I was like, hey, I'm the talker for the next four hours. You're going to listen to me and then we can talk and let's see if I can convince you like why we should care as coaches. And maybe exactly what I told him, what you said is maybe you didn't know how to identify a concussion mm -hmm. because a headache after a game could mean a concussion and it doesn't need to be a direct hit to the head that causes a concussion it can be a body check into the board such such as ice hockey right well so, and like I don't really think at this at this like stage of the game I mean I don't know what level this coach is at but for any coaches that are listening I to me like if you don't care about your athlete's mental health whether that is like you know the status of their mentality or like their brain health or whatever if you're putting winning above that first of all there's a problem and we need to talk that's not okay uh mm -hmm. athletes need to be more than just a business um like i get the business aspect but we are people first so if if coaches are looking at their players and saying well okay you know uh you can't play because you have a concussion that's that's too bad or saying well we need you to play and I don't care if you're injured or whatever like we need you to be there right so I mean that's like yeah that that drives me crazy when I hear that coaches are are acting in that sense um, but it also kind of pushes me towards my next question which is like talking about how concussions actually impact not just physical performance but like overall health 
whether that's health in the brain, like the health of the body um, over time when a concussion is not addressed properly. Did it cut Sorry. out? I, I heard performance. Sorry. So it leads me to my next question of like, how is it that concussions impact your physical and mental performance or just like your overall health over time if a concussion is not addressed properly and right away? That is a difficult question to answer. So for that question, I am leaving my research identity aside. <laughs> I'm just going to talk on like as my thoughts as a sports psychologist and in the field of coaching, because from the research side, it is very complex. And um, although I do, I do see a shift in the last few years, there have been some papers written on the mental health side of concussions and even looking at networks. So, okay, on a cellular level, what happens in a concussion? that in a personal level, what happens, and even on how they interact with their society, how that happens. But definitely very complex, the brain itself. Um, mm -hmm. The understanding is very complex. So of course, it's gonna be complex. Um, as you mentioned, you tend to talk about personal stories on yeah, this podcast. No, for sure. So I sure. think uh, that could be something that I would like to just do now, as I think it highlights the whole perspective quite well. And that is from a mental health side after concussion, one of the symptoms is headaches. The main symptom actually often presented is headaches. Another one is lack of concentration. Another one is feeling in a fog and just not feeling okay. And this one always stood out to me as something that it's okay to not feel like yourself after a day of drinking, a hangover, one day, fine. But could you imagine that now for two weeks? Then of course you're going to disconnect from your teammates. You're not going to want to attend practice. You're not going to want to perform if you're not feeling like yourself. So this, and if you have a coach that's telling you, you got to be there, you got to play, you got to perform, but not understanding what it means to not feel like oneself. This is something that's very interesting, very frustrating for the athlete. And I can also understand for the coach too, because what does that really mean? I don't feel like oneself. Good question. <laughs> but we had an athlete that experienced a concussion. We brought them to the hospital. Well, it wasn't a traumatic brain injury, probably a concussion. So the treatment is you can spend the night here in the hospital or go home and we monitor you. The athlete wanted to go home, fair enough. Being in one's own bed is, is fine. But um, as I, I was working as the athletic coach, I was checking in on him the next morning and then the next game rolls around and I ask the athlete do you feel okay and he goes no not feeling like oneself <laughs> mm. okay then we tell the coach and uh, yeah how do you interpret that so my recommendation was we bench this athlete they do not play if you need them to dress well then they dress but do not throw them out in the game 
and they were thrown out in the game. They came off. They were talking to me. They were not so comprehensive. They were slurring some words. The eyes were not able to focus on me talking. So I called the ambulance right away and we again took him to the hospital. But the thing about a concussion is it's not really detected on typical diagnostic imaging such as CT or MRI. It will detect if it's traumatic brain injury. So I highly do recommend that when you don't know, take them to the hospital and just make sure there's nothing more major going on. And this situation really frustrated me and actually led one of the reasons why I left this team because I said I cannot be affiliated and associated with a team that lets concussed athletes play. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The athlete now no longer even plays American football, unfortunately. So, and is that due to concussion or is that just personal choice? Due to not feeling like oneself. Right. Okay. So, I, yeah. Uh, the mental health side is quite strong. I can also share just my brother when he was also thinking about leaving American football after high school when he was going off into university because he started to suffer from persisting headaches. Another fear is, well, I'm leaving my family, my team. And then what? Like, mm. I, the mental health side is not only about the concussion, but also you don't want to let your team down. You don't want to let your coaches down. So it's not always so internal but with a lot of external forces acting upon it. And for my brother, what happened is he transitioned out and now is a little bit more Olympic weightlifting, CrossFit, running marathons because, you know, Corona time had everyone in lockdown. Everybody's out running. (laughs) Everyone was out running. So I think you can readjust your identity if it is in fact time for you to leave your sport maybe it is due to a concussion or something else but uh, the mental health side of a concussion is just so complex as I just shared two different Mm -hmm. sides of it absolutely and I mean and when you talk about like being like feeling not like yourself like to any coaches who maybe have an athlete saying that like an athlete's not going to purposely bench themselves because I don't want to do the work or something like that. Right. Like no athlete's going to say like, Oh, I'm not feeling like myself just so they can get out of doing whatever it is that they need to be doing, whether that's practice or game. Um, And, you know, I always like to say like, you are an expert in your own experience and like, you know, yourself better than anybody else does. Right. So like, if something doesn't feel right, like, probably means that something is not right and you need to figure out okay like is this something that needs to like do I need to see a doctor do I need to go and talk to somebody about this Uh, especially when we're talking about mental health and we've seen so so many unfortunate incidents coming up especially in college sports with young athletes taking their lives Um, like it's I'm not saying that's due to concussions or anything like that but with any sort of mental health it's so important to have a very open dialogue within your 
your team or between like a coach and athlete because it can be a major game changer when when somebody's really struggling with things and then the question is is okay so if it is time for the athlete to leave their sport because of concussions and then they're leaving their support system then who do they have so i could also see that this could be a reason for a concussed athlete after so many concussions wanting to stay in their sport but they also have to be honest with themselves that especially if they're young mm-hmm. I, I mean athletes tend to retire early but like especially yeah especially if they think they have a few good years still left physically maybe mm-hmm. mentally uh, maybe think about still staying with that community and with that support system but in a different role as we've seen many athletes then transition into coaching roles or mentoring roles within their uh, clubs and stuff like that so very interesting topic we I have talked with athletes that have had that conversation with me being like I think this is my last concussion and I think now it is time for me to tie it in and that's fair um then they just have to think about a way to adjust their lives and maybe their motive is I have a family I've heard that and I need to be there for my kids for my wife for whatever is coming next and I want to be able to remember that because there are studies that show that maybe the more head impacts they have, the greater risk for any of these neurological diseases, such as Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and CTE. So mm-hmm. I think the athletes are learning more about this and starting to take better care of their health and their mental health. Uh, but I also believe that there is a long way still for us to go. Mm, absolutely there's there's always something that can be improved right um but we talked before jumping on here about the gender differences in symptom expression after a concussion has occurred and I think that is probably one of the most intriguing sentences I have ever heard in my entire life so I would love you to just speak on that a little bit yeah, um, definitely very interesting because we are different, <laughs> females and males, and it seems that females could be more inclined to express symptoms than a male counterpart. And is this good or bad? Well, I would like to say that it's good that females are at least willing to express their symptoms. And maybe this also has something to do with them understanding that sport is not their entire future, entire life, a little bit more so than the male mentality that is invincible until determined otherwise. But from a physiological standpoint, females brains also have more white matter and this is your axon tracks which allows the different parts of your brain to communicate with each other and these 
axons and the white matter are actually the most vulnerable for um, head impacts. And it could be also that on a physiological standpoint, the females are more inclined to have deficits after concussion than the males. So um, it is that females express more symptoms. And now there is also the physiological standpoint as to why this could be. Not that girls are just dramatic and like to talk <laughs> about feelings and everything else. Um, and that also very much intrigued me when I was reading a few of these gender studies in the field of concussion, which are finally starting to come out because up until recently, it was American football, American um, colleges all participating in these research projects, but it is very important to look at the male and female differently, especially with this injury. But interesting enough, at the sports science conference last week, they were talking about research in females in sports science, and I learned that even ACL tears are more prevalent in different phases of the menstrual cycle. It's like, wow, females are so complicated. <laughs> Haven't determined if there's research out there if females are more prone also to concussions in different phases of the menstrual cycle. Uh -huh. But in different phases of the menstrual cycle, females are more willing to take a risk. So I'm thinking, mm -hmm. not, I, ha I don't have time for research on that at the moment, but I can connect cool. you with somebody who probably knows a little bit more about that, actually. To it's, see it, a project on that in the future. It's actually really, like, I think women are just, like, amazing. Like, they're just so fucking amazing in general. I mean, like, we both know as women how much fucking pain we can tolerate, right? Like, we get up, we go to work, we go work out, whatever, when we're, like, cramping and bleeding like crazy like it doesn't even fucking phase us a lot of girls you wouldn't even you wouldn't even know they don't say anything um and i mean, I, I personally can't really see a guy doing that maybe that's just uh just just me but <laughs> but um i think yeah. it's what is continue and then i'll i'll go <laughs> no I, I was just saying like um the the comment you brought up about like women being kind of like more vulnerable to injury at certain points of the menstrual cycle makes sense actually, because a girl that I know, she has studied like the menstrual cycle and hormones and, and she's actually talked to me about how I can kind of taper my training in a way that's going to be more supportive for me through my cycle. So like, it's like working with your cycle essentially. Um, and in the first two weeks, like, after you've finished your cycle so like the first like one to 14 days or whatever like that's like the most prime time to be doing like the heavy strength training and then the later 14 days is better to be doing like more light exercise um as like the hormones start to ramp up and stuff like that and like your body gets super super tired right so actually that's like a great idea to have somebody come on and talk about that oh my god but anyway yeah like it's just like it's crazy to think that like there's a study that shows that women are more vulnerable to ACL tears at a certain time of the month versus like another time. And they have the estrogen taken from blood samples to also back it up with hormones. So it's, it's 
very interesting. There needs to be more research done on females, especially in the field of sports science, as for years it was neglected. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to see that the field is continuously developing and, and getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy. And like you mentioned, the thresh the pain threshold of females is also something that is very interesting for me and I I think about the saying that sometimes is pushed onto girls is like oh did you break a nail and I've seriously had guy athletes like break a nail and be like oh my god what am I gonna do and I'm like oh my god and a girl breaks a nail and (laughs) no problem but I don't know where the origin of this saying is oh did you break a nail came from but really I see the effect of breaking a nail more so if a guy does it a girl does it no problem so I think it's also about changing the language that we use as coaches as athletes in the field of sport that is really going to also help make a difference for injuries for anything that is going on because we are not the same unfortunate but there is beauty in both oh absolutely I think it's great that we're like completely like we're same but different you know like same same but different like there's there's a lot of different complexities especially in the hormone conversation right like especially when you're talking about um like there's a reason that guys are faster and stronger at a younger age than women are like they their bodies are pumped with testosterone that's what they have going for them at that point and you know for young girls that do play in a guy's sport especially at the younger ages they see over time like they they're not able to keep up with these young guys even though they can be going to the same trainings and doing the same amount of things and and maybe they are just as skilled but they're getting out muscled. They're getting out uh, like outrun or, or out skated or, or whatever the case is. And that has a lot to do with the hormones. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So like who, who were we to think that like estrogen didn't play as important of a role as it does, especially in female athletes. So. Yeah. And for the field of concussion, I mean, going back to that, if, guys can learn that expressing symptoms actually helps us as athletic coaches and staff on the team helps us target your care just do it I mean this is maybe why if a female expresses symptoms could actually mean that she gets better care than a man who's not willing to say Mm. I am struggling with sleep I'm struggling with concentration and everything else so Mm. we don't have a lot of male listeners but like if you're a male and you're listening to this and you're in sports speaking up about your mental health about what's going on about if you have a concussion like stop being fucking masculine all right like nobody gives a shit all right like we don't care how much you can lift like save it for your bros at the gym but like if there's something going on you seriously need to be talking about this especially in in sport or else it could lead to 
like like we talked about earlier, like the end of your career if you let it go on for so long. And then it could also lead to further uh like mental health complications with Parkinson's, CTE, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And me being a female athletic coach in a men's sport of basketball and working with youth, I have had an athlete even come up to me and tell me that he talks with me the most out of all the other coaches that he has. And this is because there's a safe environment there. Yeah. So if you don't, anyone this also applies to females if you don't feel comfortable going to the head coach about your concussion and your symptoms find someone that hopefully knows something about it and if not contact me (laughs) (laughs) um that allows that open door to talk about your mental health and how you're feeling and um if you're struggling with something even if it is that you're not playing enough or something else, because just actually saying those words out loud sometimes resolidifies. okay, now I understand why I'm angry. Okay, now I understand why I'm not sleeping well. Oh, mm-hmm. so these little aha moments that I have in the gym with some of the athletes just through conversation are uh, are quite amazing. And I would love to see more of it. And I would like to think that athletes out there have someone in their corner that they can talk to about these things. Mm. But I also am not convinced as athletes have written me on social media and Instagram and somehow LinkedIn have found me again through three different coaches. But I'm not convinced that then they have someone in their corner in their team and their sport that they can go to mm-hmm. and that would be lovely in the future yeah absolutely oh my god every team needs to have that um yeah. but moving forward for you like what's the next step right like you're finishing up your phd what's the next move for you gonna be a secret no <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. So it's a secret for me too. (laughs) It's an unknown. It is. And I am the type of person that likes to plan. So uh, it's an exciting time for me. It's a stressful time for me. I mean, Taylor and I have a few things that we would like to accomplish (laughs) together. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. So... I, I first priority is finish the PhD. Then I would like to think that doors open, but I'm not sure what opportunities will be out there in a year. So already I've had, yeah, trying to talk with some possible universities of where to go afterwards, because for me, it would be of interest to stay and research and maybe do a fellowship or postdoc in a university. My partner and I, we've talked about maybe going to the U.S. or my family's in Canada, his family's in Mexico. So Germany is a little bit far away, but we're also not opposed to staying here in Germany. So uh, we said check mark one will be for me to finish my Ph.D. And then starting early next year, I'll start looking at what opportunities seem to be coming through the pipeline and see if any of them align with me 
as I mentioned, I was in the field of gerontology and activity and aging before. I'm not opposed to going back into that field because it still motivates me to look at the connection between the brain and exercise. And I can do that with both populations while I'm physically also at, acting as athletic trainer with the athletes. I like the transfer directly from what I do in the lab to my athletes. So I think as long as I'm still going to continue doing that, concussions is probably more my thing. But maybe I could find Stay the in best... concussion awareness. Yeah. We need you. Yeah. But maybe I could even overlap both because what I'm using to analyze the brain right now with my doctorate is actually from a paper that works with dementia patients. Oh, so okay. the parameter that I'm using to estimate connectivity in the brain has not been used with concussions yet. So this is how my two fields, sometimes as a researcher, you have to get creative. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, this is how my two fields actually overlap perfectly well in the end. Mm -hmm. So we will see what the future holds, but yeah, I, I talk about concussions and circles and I talk about it with a smile on my face, which I've told is weird, but I, I think it just shows think, you that you love what you do. I think it's because I think that there's a transition and there's a phase shift happening right now. And it's cool to be part of this wave. And therefore I believe that with proper knowledge and understanding and with proper care, I'm not talking about eliminating eliminating concussions from sport because that's like telling you that we're going to eliminate ankle sprains from sport. So I'm not sure how people would run with like braced ankles all the time. <laughs> how to eliminate that. Um, but the management of concussions is where the focus is going to be in the next years. Mm -hmm. And it's cool to be part of it. Absolutely. No, it's, uh, it's great to hear more about your work and like, get a little bit of kind of background on concussions, you know, how that impacts uh, the brain, your, your physical body, your future as not just an athlete, but as a human being in general, I think that's really not talked about enough. And, you know, it sucks to have like a, a sport ending injury. It really does. Um, I can, I can sympathize with those people that have had to go through those situations, but at the end of the day, it's so important to take care of your brain, take care of your mental health, because you only have, you only have one, there's no getting a new one. There's no upgrade. Uh, so it's really, really detrimental that we talk about this and, and raise that awareness, uh, whether that's in, in Canada, U S Germany, any, any country, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's, it's good to hear that you're, getting out there and actively seeking people and trying to like talk with them and you know explain like hey this shit's like super important and this is why um i think we need to have a lot more of that in the athletic community so uh appreciate you for coming on and sharing all of your expertise and knowledge um is there anywhere that's like the best spot for people to contact you if they want to have a chat more about concussions or maybe they're kind of going through some of themselves true um instagram is always a method otherwise linkedin i mean my name is jessica conan 
but I would have tailored then write it out. You can search for it. Yeah, I'll put and it all in the uh, in the show notes. For I would everybody. pass then over the. Yeah. I'm open to talk about concussions all the time, so definitely Instagram works, LinkedIn works. Yeah. All right. You heard it here, folks. Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, if anybody wants to contact her for individual uh, discussions or I don't know if you do any like online assessments or anything, or if anybody would be interested in getting Jessica out there to have a short little seminar brown concussion awareness you know uh feel free to contact her this is stuff super super important you're not only helping out uh your athletes you're helping out your team your your organization your community so make sure you guys reach because out again to what is a concussion and the second part is like why should we care so mm-hmm. i stand by this with a heavy heart <laughs> No, we need it. We absolutely need it. Uh, Thank you again so much for coming on, Jessica. It was great to have you. Thank you for having me.